Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Dave Thomas, Ray Kroc, the founder, Joey Devine, Carl Karcher, Phil Romano, Al Copeland, Sean Keen, Harlan David Sanders, Ed Hackbarth, and David Jameson, special guest Nick Weiger, Patreons Alex Noble, thank you Alex, Dan Matthews, thank you Dan, Ben Holt, Gracias, Benjamin. Musical guest, back tonight. And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back with a brand new, very special food-centric episode. I'm here, as always, with my friend my co-host sean keen sean how are you i'm good doing good um before we get to our jam-packed episode i just want to say uh thank you for everyone who's bought t-shirts at our t-shirt store which is available at the link in the description it's not just t-shirts there's also hoodies masks you can get a slammed up notebook tote bags all kinds of stuff that's available at T Public, or more importantly, in the link in the description of the podcast. Also, thank you to all of our Patreons. We had a great Patreon episode with our friend Corbin A. Smith uh, this week. We're reading Furious George, George Carl's book, where he's a huge asshole every 17 seconds. Uh-huh. Um, and we uh, put that up 
uh, on Patreon this week. That's patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Follow us on Twitter at roundrockpod. Mm-hmm. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. That's right. Call us on the phone at the number in the episode description. And uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. We've got we've been getting them, Sean. Yeah, uh, we've I been mean, getting some new is... new five-star reviews, and uh, that is a way that apparently helps the show. No uh-huh. one has ever explained to us how it helps, but every podcast I've ever listened to is like, trust us, it helps. <laughs> it does help. It helps us uh-huh. a lot. We'll uh, find out how someday. It's also very strange that uh, it only lets you give five-star reviews on iTunes, but them's the breaks, fam. Yeah, that's the rules. <laughs> uh, Look, I'm not, you can't fight them. You can't fight them. They're too powerful. Sean, we've got a very special guest today from one of America's favorite podcasts, I would say. Uh, I agree. Doughboys. Nick Weiger is here, and we're going to go in-depth on the restaurants that the NBA players are allowed to order delivery from in the Orlando mm. bubble. But before we do that, should we get to some news real quick? Let's do a little bit of news, right. yeah. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, walk us through what's going on with Dwight Howard. He's the news. All right. So Dwight, Dwight, Howard Dwight, is, the Dwight is the news. Uh, he has been, I would say Dwight has been on one mm-hmm. um, in the bubble. Maybe it's like going back to the city of Orlando mm-hmm. is bringing back old Dwight. Um, the whole deal this year was that like he didn't even have a guaranteed contract going into the season. He, like, sat down with the team, and the team's like, you gotta stop messing around, Dwight, and he's been really good this year. He's been a really good defensive player, uh, very useful off the bench, um, you know, sixth or seventh man in the rotation, uh, but somehow getting to Orlando has just made him, it's, it's the combination of, like, and it, what's weird is, right before they got to the bubble, People were saying, is Dwight Howard actually thoughtful? Mm-hmm. He was talking about hesitations about quarantine and uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And then he got to Orlando and he just started Instagram living all the time. Uh, he was the one person who went to the DJ show and ordered a giant drink. But he also now, to, more importantly, he's refusing to wear a COVID mask. Yes, yes that, is, that is the next thing. Uh, he won't wear a mask. He uh, he said that someone told on him mm-hmm. for not wearing a mask around the bubble. Clearly, he was recommended. Uh, it also may have been that he was going on Instagram Live and walking around without wearing a mask, mm-hmm. uh, constantly streaming himself maskless. He told on him. Yeah. He told on him. He also... Uh, um... mm-hmm. Said he doesn't believe in vaccines. Uh, yes, I wanted to give you the mask quotes first. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with the mask said, quotes. You know what? I actually have um, an Instagram live. Uh, I, I pulled his Instagram live from some of oh, these great. mask quotes. So here's great, that. Great, great. Guess who it is? The governor. I'm a fan of the white, but he's scared. So he calls me sir. But he's groovy. And I want to ask him to be in a movie. Make a dream team And like back in the day I'll even yell Get down You can't 
Sean, I have a confession to make. What's that? Those were not the mass quotes. That was him doing Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stan Van Gundy on his album. I I couldn't believe that. Uh, Wow. So why don't you read us your mass quotes? uh, So he said, I didn't know that the coronavirus be flying through the air looking for people. Just like a very tenuous grasp of like viruses and mm-hmm. immunology there. Yeah. He also said, I don't see a risk of us getting the virus during the time period we're here. Um, except for the people that are getting the coronavirus while they're there. Um, well, that hasn't happened yet, right? Didn't they say well, that I mean, no but, one's gotten it in the bubble yet? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, well, you know, be hopeful, Dwight. <laughs> uh, and then he said he does not believe in vaccines. Uh, his quote is, I don't believe in vaccines myself. Will vaccines work for some people? They may or they may not. But for me, I don't believe in them, and that is my opinion, and I'm going to stick with that. So, I assume Dwight was vaccinated as a child. We should also point out that he follows several QAnon accounts on Instagram. Oh, yes, that was very big. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. following QAnon accounts. <laughs> so, it seems like Dwight like went from was like very briefly actually woke and then immediately just got into the world of conspiracy theories. So he's an anti-vaxxer and a QAnon guy, which to me says Donald Trump is going to be reading a letter like Mm -hmm. two nights before the election (laughs) from Dwight Howard. That's like, people are being very unfair to you, sir. Um, He's going to go to the You're White House when they win. He's the oh, only one who He's the go. only Laker that will be at the White House <laughs> celebrating this this victory. Um, yeah, that's going to be it. My question, though, Sean, is uh, does this actually matter? I mean, obviously it matters because Dwight's a dumbass and, you know, he's perpetuating uh, bullshit that shouldn't be going around. And uh-huh. that's not important. But for the Lakers, does this actually matter? No, no, I don't really think it does. Like, I mean, um, if anything, it's just going to make LeBron hate Dwight more. Yeah, like, <laughs> and also, also, um, I I would say that as good as he's been, they don't really need him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's probably their fourth best player, right? Maybe, but it's like, I just feel like he—is he ever going to play in crunch time? No, I right. Don't know. I don't know what any of this is going to look at like. The like Nuggets played five centers today, dude. So yeah. he would play in right. that situation, right? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I would just think that they Somebody's have to Somebody's got to guard small forward bull bull. That um, is true. That's a good point. And I don't, I don't really think Alex Caruso is up for that task. But like, but you know what I mean? Like, like you can play LeBron at center. You can play JaVale at center. Yeah. You probably should be playing Anthony Davis at center in things. You also have, you know, 6'8 Kyle Kuzma and, uh, you know, uh, Markeith Morris is also really big. Here's a hot take, so though. It's like, Dwight's better than Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I just, I just like, like, it. it's not that much of a problem figuring out how to replace his 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, Kyle Kuzma, I, I, I agree with you about Kyle Kuzma. But the Lakers need someone who can dribble and initiate the offense much more than they need kind of a luxury backup center. Sure. Um, 
All right. Well, that's the news. Uh, Sean, should yeah. we get to our uh, talk with uh, Doughboy's Nick Weiger about Tillman Fertitta's scam he's running and about what restaurants the players can order outside of the bubble? Yeah, let's bring on Burger Boy. Yeah. <laughs> We're here with America's favorite Doughboy, and uh, don't tell Mitch I said that, and uh, a La- and Laker fan, Nick Weiger. You might know him from, of course, the Doughboy's podcast. Uh, the video game podcast, How Did This Get Played? Uh, he's r- written for Comedy Bang Bang and TSF, SDSUV, The Onion News Network, I Love You America, and of course, the comedy game show At Midnight, which has provided me and Sean's friends and family with uh, so many free t-shirts over the years. <laughs> um, Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm surprised to learn about these free T-shirts. Yeah. Oh, Wait, I, I <laughs> should have gotten one of those. Yeah. They. Uh, I I would go and do like days on the show a lot, just writing with guests. And anyone who had been on the show again, uh, in the gift bag, got a T-shirt, and often those were delivered to me. Yeah. Uh, same. Like, hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. Here's an admin head t-shirt. And so uh, I think my whole family has them right now. Pretty sweet. Um, so, Nick, before we get into what we wanted to talk with you about today, let's talk about the Lakers. You're a massive Laker fan, right? Yes. Um, how long have you been a Laker fan, first off? Well, so I was a fan since I was like I was a I had Lakers stuff in my room as a kid and I don't even know how it got in there. It was just like, I always remember it being in there. So I, I, and I was born in 1980. So like, you know, my, my, my youth was during the showtime days, loved magic Johnson, uh, fond of Kareem later developed it. Now Kareem is my favorite Laker, but yeah, I grew up in Southern California. So I've kind of been following the Lakers, uh, my whole life to varying degrees, certainly had times when I was uh, more into it than others. But I, I've been I've been following the team like, you know, pretty steadily since the 1990s and and was and was aware of it and fan a fan in a, in the little kid sense uh, during the 80s as well during the, the Showtime run. Uh huh. Yeah, Sean and I are both Warrior fans. So, uh, wow, we uh, we both grew up Warrior fans. So we uh, have basically <laughs> the opposite story where it's like, yeah, we right. really had to try and work to be fans of this team. Uh <laughs> And uh, we're like we're kind of inherently broken too, because right. even the 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 Warriors would be in the NBA Finals, and Joey and I would still be texting each other with like, you know, I think I think this guy might be available with the number twenty nine pick. <laughs> isn't isn't the draft the actual finals? Isn't that <laughs> what you celebrated, Jude? Yeah, um, I mean the 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 Warriors just you know were. It had some fun teams, but no teams that were real contenders until mm-hmm. the 2010s. And yeah, you're right that the the Lakers arc is is over those that period of time is quite the opposite. Opposite really had it's only it's only doormat phase was really in the 2010s. I mean, had some some leaner stretches in the 90s, but were still competitive. And it wasn't that long of a hiatus in between, you know, a, a, the NBA finals appearance against Michael Jordan and then the, the, the Shaq Kobe era. Yeah. Right, no, right, yeah. the Lakers best player never choked Dell Harris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, and even no, Dell Harris did coach the Lakers and uh, yeah, I can be a little sympathetic towards Sprewell at times. 
Oh, wait, it was that it was PJ Carlissimo, right? Yeah, he it was he PJ Carlissimo. Carlissimo yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking because Carlissimo was and Del Harris, it's kind of like uh, following up Don Nelson, you know, like right. uh, like a beloved fun guy versus like kind of a weirdo taskmaster assistant. Um, so my first question for you though is, uh, are the Lakers going to win it all in the weird coronavirus terrifying bubble? That we're all about to watch. Bubble ball. Are they going to win yes. bubble ball? <laughs> um, I w- you know, I think two, two Warriors fans would perhaps be, uh, you know, conscious of the, the fear of jinxing it. So I, I don't want it to be declarative and say, like, yeah, the Lakers are going to take it. But I think they're in good they're in good shape because it's such a weird circumstance. I mean, yes, the one seed is much less of an advantage than it would be under traditional, uh, you know, home court away court rules uh, versus this this weird scenario we've got now where everyone's cloistered um, but and, and playing on the same courts. But I think that just because the team is you know, a good team and has very, you know, uh, uh, has superstars and also specifically LeBron, who has so much finals experience, more finals experience than I guess maybe any any player since Bill Russell. It is I think that the that the Lakers are well positioned um, to be right there. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I think the uh, the main thing and this is a lot of people, uh, people who uh, a lot of obser- people's observation is that the like it feels like anyone could win this thing because it's just so weird, right? It's, it's just uh-huh. like I wouldn't. It it's, feels like 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 the uh, you know the 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 Siakam um, Nick Nurse Raptors could just sort of be like, hey, we're going to take this thing, and everyone would be like, all right, sure. And no one would no one would be like shocked by that outcome. If yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, oh, go, oh, go ahead, Sean. No, you go. Oh, ahead. I I just said I wouldn't be surprised if. The, the 76ers got swept out of the first round of the playoffs. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they went to the finals. You know, right. like it just it feels like the variance is so high. And there's almost stuff that we wouldn't even be able to know about affecting things, you know, right? just like like, oh, this guy hasn't actually been able to uh, has only had 70 percent lung capacity this whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah, who know? I mean, who knows? It's it's so bizarre. It's such a, a weird set of circumstances. If I were a Lakers fan, I would be truly annoyed that uh, I don't get <clears throat> about the Clippers now having a negative, like negating your your big uh, home court advantage against the Clippers. Unfortunately, where it's like even Clippers home games in the playoffs would have been Lakers home games if they I mean, played yeah. each other. We'd we'd all all season been dreaming of that seven game series in Staples Center, and you know it, it, if that was that ended up being the Western Conference Finals, I think that would have been amazing, just as a spectacle. And yes, you're right that obviously you know the the there are just so many more Lakers fans in L.A. than Clippers fans yeah, that it would just like, be you know yeah there aren't uh thirty thousand Billy Crystals it's just Billy Crystal right. that's yeah, the yeah. one Clippers fan. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Muniz well, won't come to LA anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know, for everything that, that people, uh, there's been like this kind of like blue collar, hard hat uh, description towards the Clippers org. And that's been uh, expanded to its, to its fan base, but it's honestly not true. It's yeah. the, the, <laughs> the Clipper fan base is, is, 
expats from other cities who move to LA. Yeah, it's to write on to television shows. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like Matt Walsh is is a signature uh, like Clipper adopter. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, like it's that level of celebrity, but also that same background of like, well, I'm not in my home, so. Right. I, you know, I still, my favorite team is still the Celtics, but I have my LA favorite team is the Clippers. Like that's the Clippers fan base. I think it's actually more of an, more likely to be a richer, more elite fan base than the, the Laker fan base, which is, you know, a lot of of working class people who have lived their entire lives in Southern California. So Uh I think, so I, and, and also that's just a larger, uh, base of people. So they're, they're just, they're just more Laker fans here. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would have really been a sight to see. I, I guess I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's a bummer that it more so than the 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 absence of the true home court advantage. It's just that I'm like, it, it's just that it would have been amazing to see. It just would yeah. have been amazing to see like these two elite teams playing in the same building uh, for the for a trip to the NBA Finals. I, I mean, mean also really- on the current list of bummers in the world right now, it's pretty low. <laughs> I gotta say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my first, I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit more. Uh, my, another question I have for you is, are you worried about the absence of Rajon Rondo? And did he really hurt his hand, or is it just impossible to play Connect Four in a socially distanced manner? <laughs> <laughs> so Rondo is, you know, I think it, it's, uh, I think he's always been a frustrating player, but an, an amazing uh, like a, a a just an amazingly unique player and fascinating to watch, but oftentimes frustrating to the fans of the teams he's on. And he, you know, he's been, I think, for the most part, a positive to the team. I, I guess my concern with losing Rondo is also that Avery Bradley's not playing. Mm-hmm. So the uh-huh. team, those are two guys who are you know playing. It, it were in the rotation as guards. Who are just not going to be there, so that that we have to lean more on on Hope Jr. or Dion Waiters, or you know maybe Taylor Horton Tucker emerges uh, way ahead of schedule. Like you kind of have to hope for something from some other guards uh, that you didn't get in the regular season. So I, I mean I, I don't it's it doesn't help I think for Rondo not to be there. It's not an addition by subtraction thing. Whatever his his net plus minus is because the other thing is it's playoff Rondo. Mm-hmm. That's a uh-huh. whole different animal. Well, I do have some good news on that end. Uh, Dion Waiters is a lot more fun than Rajon Rondo. Because, uh, you know, what what has Dion Waiters done? Taken too many weed gummies? He's uh, never outed a, a, a closeted gay man. So at least you now get to root for <laughs> Dion Waiters. An agent I like of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Waiters is a. I mean, I like Waiters as a as a as a figure, and he, he is a fun player. I have had that thing. I I had a panic attack from taking a an edible that was too strong, that was more potent than I expected, and it, it was it was a terrifying experience. Were I can't imagine being trapped on a from plane Phoenix to Los awful. Angeles. That's the thing. My favorite thing about that is it was only like a thirty five minute flight, right? Where he did it. <laughs> But it probably felt like it was five hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I because I already get for me, I I already get anxious when I'm like trapped in some place and and planes can can absolutely be, you know, a, a, a thing that triggers that. And I wonder if 
like if waiters has a similar thing, if he's just like very anxious about flying, took something to mute his anxiety and, and, uh-huh. and ended up exacerbating it. I mean, if so, that's just got to be a complete nightmare. I, what I, I will like say, the most rela- oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say what I will say about everything I know about Dion waiters is that he's not anxious about anything. So I don't know. <laughs> He's um I do kind of feel like he's the most relatable NBA player in quite some time cuz he like freaked out eating an edible um he was uh really like at, he was too out of shape uh at the beginning of his job uh he was like sent home for just be- being kind of like passive aggressive about his boss like all of those <laughs> things are like this could happen to me in a workplace for sure <laughs> Um, I'm going to give you a fact and then ask you a question here, uh, Nick. <laughs> Please. All right. Alex Caruso skipped his sister's wedding to be in the NBA bubble. How does that make you feel? Boy, I I saw, uh, you know, he grammed a shot from the wedding, and I think there were like a hundred people in attendance. <laughs> it was like a big gathering. It was like almost like an it did uh, you know it, it it seemed like they should probably should not have had a wedding that large uh-huh. at this time. So I guess it's I don't know. I mean that's a tough decision to make, but I think he would. I think he's got a. I think it's the only move you could make. Like you can't go to uh, you can't go expose yourself, especially there, especially in that setting. Alex Caruso at his sister's wedding is going to be the most famous person mm-hmm. in attendance. Everyone's uh-huh. going to want a selfie with him. Everyone's going to want to talk with him. He's going to be in contact with a hundred people. And I think, he, yeah, I, I could see just not, I, I think he would made the right move by not risking that. I also think maybe he, they shouldn't have had that wedding. Like that's just a person <laughs> indoor wedding. Come yeah. On. That's wild. All right. And uh, yeah, it seems like there were a lot of people not wearing masks. I assume the bride <laughs> probably wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> if you're At least having that wedding, saw. yeah, yeah. I I don't get I don't get that that decision to begin with of the the family's decision, but Caruso not attending, I think, it was obviously the smart move. Um, and then finally, my last Lakers question I want to ask you is: uh, as a food podcaster, how did you feel about LeBron's embrace of Taco Tuesday and his attempts to trademark the phrase? Right. Uh, so, I mean, I have no choice but to defend it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, obviously, Taco Tuesday predates LeBron is not his domain. I think, like, yeah, trademarking it was the wrong move. But here's the thing. It it was just hubristic because he already has a pizza company. Right. That's right. Got, yeah. Why are you going after tacos? Leave tacos alone. Tacos are for everyone. You got your own pizza brand. Don't try to make Taco Tuesday your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about how shitty those tacos always look, even though he lives in Los Angeles now? Because that's what well, bothers me the most. I think there's a different thing. The The shitty home taco uh, is a different thing and is a different scratches a different itch than the great taco you're going to get from a, a, a taqueria. Like, you know, your 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 lengua taco on those French those fresh corn tortillas um with some you know fresh salsa verde like that you'll get from a truck and it will be like a like a transcendent bite of food that's a different experience from the shitty taco your dad is going to make with you know store bought 8020 ground beef and a, right. a package of, of Lowry seasoning mix 
um, and in some, you know, in some stale hard shells. But there's they, they that also appeals to you for a different reason. So I I don't. Yes, he, there are better tacos, but also there are better tacos than Taco Bell has, and I still go to Taco Bell. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. I, I understand the decision. All right, Nick, thank you for answering our Taco Tuesday questions, and now it's time to get to what we brought you here. Uh, the NBA bubble uh, has decided that the players can only order from six restaurants. Uh, yes. to order off campus. Sean, do you want to run us through these six restaurants? Yeah, uh, so these are the ones that can do official delivery service. Uh, they all are coincidentally um, properties from uh, the Landry's Food Empire. Hmm, uh, I wonder right. why that is. It's uh, <laughs> Morton's, uh, Palm, Saltgrass, Del Frisco's, The Ocean Air, and Joe's Crab Shack. Mm-hmm. So four of those are steakhouses, and the Ocean Air has a lot of steak on the menu as well. Uh, They're owned also- by my nemesis, uh, Tillman uh-huh. Fertitta. Uh-huh. Uh, nemes- nemesis of the podcast, Rocket's owner. Um, uh-huh. Joey, explain why, what what your original, uh, why, why did he originally become your enemy? Because uh, I worked at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company for eight years. And wow. in my final year working there, uh, he bought it. And then the first thing he did was start charging every employee $5 a month to have an employee discount. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, wait, you you could opt to, like, you could, this was an opt-in thing? Or, yes, or was it automatically could, deducted? It, you could opt in, but nobody opted out. But, right. yeah, uh, it was a 50% employee discount um, when you were working. I forget. It, I think it was less if you just went in. But uh, did, did you get a shift meal? No. That uh, seems so, insane. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. But so it was also like uh, we're taking away something that you already had because I bought it. The right. other thing he tried to sell us was like he tried to make everyone start selling something called Landry's cards at every table, which was like I forget exactly how much it was, but it was like uh, like they had to buy it. It was like they got 20% off their meal, but it cost them $20 and it like mm. gave them Landry's points. So if you yeah, also like ate a, at like yeah. the Rainforest Cafe, you got more points, which would then lead right. to more free food. <laughs> and it was like, do I work at uh, like Target now or am I a waiter? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> they. Look, I don't want to spoil anything, but the Landry's card is prominently featured on the website for Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> well, so I so have some still Joe's pushing. Crab Shack stories. We'll get to Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you worked at you worked at Bubba Gump? Did you also work at the Crab Shack? No, but okay, we'll get when we get to Crab Shack. I have some Crab Shack Bubba Gump related stories because they were three doors down from each other. Yeah. Wow. Um, on the on Pier Thirty Nine in San Francisco, he has a lot of wharf related businesses, yeah. which is <laughs> always the sign of. Hey, well, uh, that's what I was no. I was looking like, at the Landry's portfolio, mm-hmm. and I was surprised by how many holdings they have, and how many I just never heard of. Right, like <laughs> I hadn't heard of. Well, I mean, that's the first question I have for you. Actually, is 
Nick, which of these places have you eaten at? So I've been to Morton's, Palm, uh, and Joe's, and then the Saltgrass I'd heard of, but I'd never been to. And what's the last one? There's the Ocean Air and also Del Frisco's. Del Frisco's I'm, I've heard of, and uh, and the Ocean Air I'd never heard of. The Del Frisco's is my favorite kind of uh, chain restaurant, which has, like, a subtitle, too. It's actually technically called Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. Right. Which, that's just three words that don't mean anything <laughs> when put together. <laughs> um. What N- Oh, actually, so of the three places you've eaten, what NBA player is the best match for each three, you think? Wow, great question. So, I mean, I think the thing you have to... The, the, the overriding thing with, I think, Landry's properties is that they are overpriced. Mm-hmm. And it's not great quality food, um, but it is presented in this shiny package, and then they they charge a, a, a gigantic markup for it. Morton's, I feel like I've been to you know a dozen better steakhouses, mm-hmm. but Morton's is fine. Morton's is also one of the more expensive, maybe the most expensive chain restaurant I've ever eaten at. Uh, Actually, it's very, very I have pricey. a Morton's question for you. Yes, which of the chain steakhouses, the two big ones, Ruth's, Chris, and Morton's, which one is the higher end? Because I'm always confused. Oh, um, I think Morton's is is more of a white tablecloth presentation. Morton's is trying to be a little bit snazzier, but I think I think Ruth's Chris actually has a better product. Yeah, uh, th- but they are both they're both like you know junior prom uh, <laughs> like you. <know. laughs> Tier steakhouses that they're they're going for. This is an event dining. This is this is a big. This is Dad's birthday. Uh-huh. Put on your best, you know, Tommy I, Bahama. We're going to Morton's. Right. Um. That's exactly what my dad would wear. Uh, wow. So I guess I mean for me, you know, uh, a, a it's good. It costs a lot. I feel like. Morton's is like a LaMarcus Aldridge. Ooh. You know? I like that. And, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, in theory, might be in the Hall of Fame, but then you eat it right. and it's like, oh, this is kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, this. I mean, this will get this will get the job done, uh, but it's not going to blow anyone's mind. And then, you know, it, it's uh, pivoting to Palm. I mean, it's kind of lateral. There is a palm, I believe, next to Staples Center, unless that's a different palm. Unless that's a different, like, if that's the palm is distinct from palm. But they are the same. They're one and the same, yes? I believe so. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah. yeah, the original one's in New York, and it's old. And then I, I, I'm not sure when it became a chain, but, right. Uh, yeah. No. This, this is all, a Landry's Palm. Yeah. The yeah, one in Staples. So, okay. They also they also on the website talk about how uh, they kind of like vary wildly from palm to palm based on who the GM is. But mm. I don't really understand how that works for a chain restaurant. Uh, <laughs> like I guess they have a lot of latitude. Look, as right. long as you're giving Tillman the vig, you of, can do whatever you want at these yeah, places. <laughs> I'm My guess is that it's not really all that much. I think a lot of them are not really that much like the original restaurant and probably are some 
similar to each other besides that. That's my guess. But so anyway. varies wildly from location to location and has a history in New York. I, my mind instantly goes to Carmelo Anthony. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Carmelo is for sure a steakhouse, too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like this is a place where um, a lot of people are maybe wearing ill-advised hats that they're very <laughs> proud of. Right. Uh, but I think that these are uh, – and then the uh, you know the third one uh, – what am I forgetting? One Joe's of the three. Crab Shack. Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> I mean, Joe's Crab Shack is just – I mean, that's like Mason Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he's sunburnt constantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like he's he's near the water, but it doesn't really seem like he should be there. You know, like it's not good for him. Right. <laughs> um. So, Sean, you have pulled up all of the restaurant, all of the menus for these restaurants, and. The little blurbs written about uh, their histories, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, these are just their official slogans. Yeah, so these let's, are, these are... let's go through these one by one with Nick here. So okay. let's, we've been to Morton's. Let's start it. Read us the Morton's blurb, Sean. Okay. One of the first restaurants to open on famed Restaurant Row on Dr. Phillips Boulevard. <laughs> this is specifically the Orlando location. Uh, Morton's the Steakhouse. It, also, it's Morton's the Steakhouse. Yeah. First yes. off, I have I, a question about Dr. Phillips Boulevard in Orlando. That uh, is 100% a plastic surgeon, correct? It's gotta uh, be. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious. There's also a high school there. Uh, the Dr. Phillips suburb. What is the... He is a businessman and philanthropist. Uh-huh. His name his okay. name is, however, Philip Phillips. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, he is a doctor, but mainly he just owned he's like Dr. Bus. Okay. He owned right. uh he owned like a ton of uh Orlando Swampland and then he sold it to all these people. Yeah. Got it. All right. Keep running yeah. all right, keep running us through Morton's dot 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 the steakhouse. Okay, uh, Morton's the Steakhouse in Orlando is a time-tested tradition in local culinary fare. The upscale steakhouse offers power hours seven days a week in its bar 1221 from 5 to 6.30 p.m. and 9 p.m. to close with special pricing on select beverages and $6 bar bites. Every detail from the succulent steaks and seafood and vast wine selections to the seamless service makes Morton's the classic dining experience. Uh... Yeah, Is it's, it's an ultimate power hour where you drink a shot of beer every minute for sixty minutes. That is, yes, that's correct, and that's why hour. that's where you and your bros go <laughs> for a nice twenty-first birthday celebration. <laughs> but there's also a, the element of like the power lunch, which is like yeah. a business thing. Like you're yeah. going to Morton's, you're like a high-powered business type. You're someone, you know, you've got a. Uh, uh, you're meeting with the other uh, uh, the other regional managers mm-hmm. of Dick's Sporting yeah, yeah. Goods, and <laughs> you're gonna you're you're gonna talk like talk shop like that. Like I feel like Power Hour is meant to evoke that. It's like Happy Hour, but this is for getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it everything about it is describing a Happy Hour, but at Morton's, it, you know, it's you're making moves, All right? right? And I, I just want to mention a couple things on each of these menus that just stood out to me. Um, just mainly these are really unappealing names for foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jumbo lump crab cake. 
with a mustard mayonnaise aioli. I mean, it's probably good, but it is also, it is called Jumbo Lump. Well, um, yeah. Here's the thing that sticks out there to me is the words mustard, mayonnaise, and aioli. Um, mayonnaise like, <laughs> and aioli are the same thing. Uh, yeah. So what's going on there? <laughs> it's like saying you're serving something with ranch and dressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with uh, our famous ranch dressing dressing. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a it's uh yeah, I, I will say I've seen the I've encountered the jumbo lump verbiage elsewhere. It uh, is a little weird, but it's one of those things that just kind of wiggled its way onto menus. I guess pro- it's probably focus tested and people respond more to uh, they, they respond to jumbo lump for whatever yeah, reason. The idea yeah. is you're getting more bigger pieces of crab meat when they say right. that. I'm kind of wondering if it's also like there's something like using hard consonants when you're writing jokes is supposed to be good. Maybe mm. there's about like jumbo lump like those are those are all good things for uh power hours i guess uh, i've talked also, about I, this but at, at some point in chain restaurants and fast food they switch from uh melted cheese past tense to either melting or melty melty cheese. is the worst it makes it me upset so bad when i see it <laughs> yeah, not a thing you would ever say, but but they started saying it and i guess because melted probably they tested it and people were like oh that sounds old uh-huh. or and so but but melty is so awkward and, and i like it i i don't like what it evokes melting is okay either way it's just these are unnatural things to say that they've just they've realized that it tests better for whatever well, reason melty yeah. i also feel like they like, always I, add like <laughs> ooey gooey before it yeah. right oh <laughs> yeah that's very childish and i just i don't like to feel like my food is still in a state of flux you know what i mean like finish that and then bring it out you know what I mean? <laughs> um and i feel like you would be disappointed but of their sides nick 30 percent of them are fries of, of yeah. different varieties so that's not great I mean, it's, cl- it's a classic steakhouse. Why wouldn't you have uh, four different kinds of French fries? <laughs> <laughs> I, I that is a thing where I feel like when they do that, and that that's a that's a very, you know, Morton's is one of those places where oh, the steaks all come a la carte, and then you order the I, if memory serves, and then you order the sides yes. for the table. Yeah, which uh-huh. I never love that way of do that old school steakhouse way of doing things. I guess it just probably lets them them you know sell more sides. Uh, but the uh, like, I feel like every time they do that, it's overkill. And like to what you were saying, like like four types of fries. It's like just give me your best fry. Yeah, Don't make yeah. me decide whether the <laughs> shoestring or the steak fry or the haystack or the curly is going to be the right way to go. Just give me the, the one that you think is the best. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pairing. Uh, also, Morton's is absolutely one of those places where they show you all the sides wrapped in like plasticine. Right. Yeah, and I guess that feels like it just is from like a different era that I don't even recognize at that point. Where yeah. Like, you know what? You don't really need a picture, like a like a scale model of a baked potato that you're showing mm-hmm. me. Like I, I know what a baked I, potato I, looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead, Sean. So the palm. Let's go. You want to move on to the palm? Yeah, let's move on to the palm. Okay. Uh, located in the Hard Rock Hotel at the heart of the Universal Orlando theme park, the Palm Orlando balances the energized atmosphere of a C&B scene location 
Note this scene <laughs> location is a hard rock hotel inside an amusement park. So yeah, uh, you're going to get seen by Gene Simmons, possibly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, with an intimate. I, I had a friend who worked at the um uh, who worked at a at a what's not not the Planet Hollywood. Who worked at the Planet Hollywood in Times Square is a waiter there. And uh, he said that the that people would come in and the question that would always come up was, are there any celebrities here tonight? <laughs> like people people with tourists would think that that celebrities would want to go hang out at the Times Square Planet Hollywood. Like that was just a cool hang. Uh, oh, Look, yeah. So I uh, do also, think, yeah, go ahead, unlike sorry. Planet Hollywood, a hard rock, there is you do have a chance of seeing, say, a. Uh, real low level one of those guys you know like a d There's snyder a if you will a mike oh, love sebastian uh, bach at yeah, the bar yeah. kicking him back <laughs> yeah it could happen i actually saw d snyder one time outside of a hard rock on pier 39 wow. in san francisco and very and uh because i'm a huge asshole i pointed at him and went strange land bro strange land and then kept walking because i was late for my shift which is a movie he directed in the mid 90s <laughs> wow did you did you meet, it was 9 30 uh, in the morning by the way uh did you meet paul walker at bubba gump's? i did meet paul walker at, a bu- at bubba gumstrom company yes let's well, see the celebrities could be anywhere yeah. <laughs> It's well, my my friend. My other friend saw a uh, saw Jay Leno at the Bubba Gump in Burbank. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there I mean, you go. Or I'm sorry, the Universal City Walk. Uh, uh, the Universal City Walk, which is in even more like wild <laughs> Bubba Gump for Jay Leno to go out of his way to eat to dine at. Yeah, he parked his Model T in Curious George, and he yeah. just went down for a bite to eat. <laughs> was Bob's big boy closed? Yeah. Is that what was he doing out there? <laughs> I, uh, I've heard he, he doesn't touch his Tonight Show money except to eat at the Bubba Gump Shrimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he parks um, it to park it Wolfman. He, he, uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've got at the Palm. This seems like maybe a more dangerous place to order from. Because it's a restaurant inside a hotel in an amusement park. Like it, yeah. it seems like this this place being on the list is already a terrible violation of the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is what's confusing me as you're going through these. Is that I would have assumed all of the restaurants would have been ones that are on the properties of the hotels that right. they're staying at. <laughs> Not that that you're going out of your way to go somewhere else. Even it, within Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and then bring yeah. food back. Like that just seems weird to me. You're getting food from a different amusement park. It <laughs> feels <laughs> crazy. Um. Anyway, the Palm menu has some like really old, like old man style things. Like the Gigi salad contains mm-hmm. shrimp, green beans, tomato, onion, bacon, iceberg lettuce, roasted pepper, egg, and avocado. Plus, you can add chicken, shrimp, and or salmon. Just like... Well, I'm going to tell you right now, like, that's yeah. actually a shrimp Louie with a different uh-huh. dressing on it. So I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck Gigi was up to. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> that salad has a name, and it's a Louie. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, they... they Back in the day, th- someone named Louie crossed Tillman Fertitta at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the two things that stick stick out for me between the Palm and Mortons is first off, 
The palm has an appetizer that is just thick-cut applewood smoked bacon. Like, Uh that bacon is not an appetizer. Like, if you're eating a giant steak, you're like, yeah, let's start with the fucking bacon, am I right, boys? (laughs) Also, it is is maple glazed, but it is also served with steak sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... I have not eaten it, but I but I have eaten at a palm at the palm, and they really push that bacon as an appetizer. <laughs> it's like they're they're pushing it like it's a Landry Select Club uh, card or whatever. Like they are, and I think it's probably just a high margin item. It's just like yeah, it's just a slab of bacon that we slather some sauce on and and tell people it's a delicacy, and we charge seventeen dollars for yeah, and and a table shares four strips of bacon <laughs> and convinces themselves it's good. Yeah. The other thing uh, that sticks out here okay. for me is uh, uh, they have two different types of veal on the menu here, which is very, uh, I would say, out of date. Look, I, right. I eat meat, so I also eat veal because it, I know a lot of people don't like veal because it's like sad when you think about it. But I do have a question concerning veal here, which is, Sean, Nick... Which NBA player is most heartlessly ordering veal? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, great question. I feel like that to me falls to like uh, like Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, yeah, and it's, it's just a like, foreign guy for sure. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. not even thinking about it. It's just like that's breakfast, you know, and, and that, that's what he's used to. Yeah. The other guy I could see ordering it just because of his weird prep school background is Duncan Robinson of the Miami. Oh like, yeah, Duncan. Robinson, the only guy who's been sure, like yeah. gone from like the Ando Phillips Andover to the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. I mean, unfortunately, Henry Ellenson is no longer on a uh, uh, a roster, but I feel like he also would like Veal simply because he is a. Weird, like a 1930s farm boy that just happens to live in the 2020s where he's like, yeah, of yeah. course I eat veal. <laughs> I've slaughtered veal. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the other thing on this menu, they do serve Chilean sea bass. Uh, as we learned from Dave Schilling, uh, Dwayne Wade's new favorite meal that LeBron ordered for him, even though before that he did not like seafood at all. Yeah. So He didn't wow. like fish. LeBron, he was late for dinner. And it was LeBron, LeBron's wife, and Gabrielle Union. Dwayne Wade said, order for me. And LeBron ordered for him. Not his wife, LeBron. (laughs) That's great. I mean, that's just a bro being a bro. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I want my friend to do the same thing. um, It's served with an eggplant caponata. I don't think Dwayne Wade would like that, Mm. though. If he didn't like fish, he doesn't like eggplant caponata. Yeah. Right. All right, Sean, let's move on to the Saltgrass Steakhouse. All right, Saltgrass Steakhouse recaptures the flavor of the open campfire. Steaks, chicken, <laughs> and seafood char-grilled to perfection, complete with bread, soups, and desserts made from scratch daily. Come see us soon. Um, I That's not appealing to, to go to a restaurant and they're like, it's like we cooked it over a campfire. <laughs> You're going to love it. <laughs> um... And before I get into anything else, they call their delivery team the Bite Squad. <laughs> I don't wow. like it. I 
Uh, they have something on their menu called Range Rattlers. Uh-huh. Um, which is jumbo jalapenos, shrimp, jack cheese, cilantro, and ranch dressing. I assume those are just jalapeno poppers right. with shrimp in them, but a range rattler does not tell me what is in this food I'm about to eat. Yeah, a bad name. I gotta say, the combo of shrimp and jack cheese inside a jalapeno, <laughs> and I assume deep fried, to me just sounds putrid. What if like, you put some ranch like was... on that bad boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just warm garbage. I, I don't know. that. Maybe it works, but that's that combo I would steer clear of. <laughs> it is 930 calories. Wow. <laughs> uh, they also have names for their steaks which i never like so your options for steaks are the wagon boss center cut top sirloin wow uh, it's like i just can't tell if like when you hear wagon boss it's like (laughs) i guess he's in charge but also isn't he just the top of the wagon like like it sounds like that's like the king's cut you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think the wagon's cut is like the butler of the old west. Yeah, like you know the I mean? wagon boss <laughs> right. works for the person he's driving across the country. Yeah, like a like a like a child outranks him. Essentially. Yeah, <laughs> wagon boss sounds like a show that's been the top rated show on cable for eight years, and we just don't know about it. <laughs> All right, we also have Maudie. The guys' politics oh, are very questionable. Yeah, yeah, just the wa- the wagon boss is just like he's been. Ca- he's had to delete his Twitter account like four times already. <laughs> we also have Maudine's center cut fillet. That I hate that name. Like, like it, I thought it was a typo for Maureen, but no, it is Maudine's. Maudine. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that I've never heard that it's name. Like before. the sound of a. It's like the person Chuck Berry wrote a B side about. Um, <laughs> uh, Pat's ribeye, not just any ribeye. It's Pat's ribeye. Then also a bone-in ribeye, which does not have a name. <laughs> Mm, they just uh, didn't commit then. Yeah, the yeah. Texas T-Bone and a Silver Star Porterhouse. Mm. Um, it's just it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go with a, this is like, uh, like you know, I feel like you're go you're going that deli feel, and the deli feel doesn't make sense for a steakhouse. <laughs> but sure, whatever. If you're gonna have like this is somebody's, this is we're gonna assign this to a person, then just go with that all the way. Don't give me half and a half. Don't throw Silver Star in there. What do I? What am yeah. I think that is? Yeah. yeah, like make the porterhouse Gold Star. Then you know, if you're right, go with all stars. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sean, what else uh, sticks out to you about Saltgrass Steakhouse? Well, they they have some, like, normal steak editions. Like, I I know what Oscar style is for a steak. Mm -hmm. That's a... It's like colonies sauce. Yeah. But then then again, one of them just says, smother your steak. Which, (laughs) I mean, it's fine. Uh, Also, they have uh, one item is called chicken, um, which... I also understand what that is. What but was that? Say that time, again. You, you oh, sorry. Uh, chicken fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. That, oh, yes. I, that's a classic. That's actually ch- classic bullshit chain restaurant ling- lingo. Yeah, right. Um, Bubba Gum Shrimp also had chicken fried chicken. Um, um, yeah. There's a lot of things that feel like they were from 
like barbecue type. It, it just seems like it. It is not. It, it's weirdly trying to straddle steakhouse and barbecue place. Right. It's right. Texas Roadhouse, but uh, yeah. with the, the with a Tillman spin, and that Tillman spin is twenty five percent more expensive. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know that that's a great observation because it, it is uh, to me now. Now that you're saying that, it is reminding me. I don't know if you guys have been to Wood Ranch. I'm actually I a have, fan of Wood Ranch. I have been but to Wood, Wood Ranch. Yeah. Yeah, so Wood Ranch is like a barbecue chain restaurant, but they do have steaks just to like, you know, if you want something that's at a higher price point. Um, but this place feels like, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to exist in both those worlds, but yeah, it's, it's just pretty overpriced. The one thing I brought up their menu while you guys were talking, um, just uh-huh. to, just to look at my own because I'd never been to this place. And this is my, the thing that stood out to me is they, they have a, a designated lighter dining section uh-huh. <laughs> and on the lighter dining menu is country fried steak. One of their sides also says, I mean, I understand that it's the one item that costs more, but it's the phrasing upgrade to asparagus was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right, okay. Sean, let's do Del Frisco's Double Eagle Eagle Steakhouse. Uh, Del Frisco's is rooted in a rich American tradition, the steakhouse. We stay true to time-honored <laughs> Unlike these principle. other restaurants yeah, that are available shit. to order. <laughs> uh, uh, the time-honored principles are chef-driven cuisine, impeccable wines, and exceptional hospitality to give you an experience like no others. Those didn't seem like great principles, but <laughs> I uh, mean, this seems, yeah, go ahead. The thing I'm going to tell you right now, the thing that uh, sticks out right away for me is you can order a $51 seafood tower at uh, Del yes. Frisco's. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, you, have you guys ever done that? A tower I mean, ordered a tower? No. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that. I've always been intrigued by it, but it, like I'm, I'm also like I feel like that's gonna make me so sick having <laughs> that much raw seafood to start the meal off. And it's like, it's like, do you always do you want like six different kinds of raw seafood too? Right. Like, yeah, like lobster like shrimp, shrimp cocktail. Shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Give me like the shrimp, the shrimp cocktail, or uh, you know, a half dozen oysters, and that's a, I'm gonna about tap out at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't need yeah, all they, this stuff. Getting to the the Bloody Mary clam shooters on this one is <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't love it. Another um, thing that sticks out uh, here for uh, Del Frisco's, uh, they uh, one of their appetizers is bacon au poivre. With oh, a bourbon molasses wow. glaze, so uh, so they're also doing the bacon hustle. Yeah, <laughs> and this this is a this is seventeen dollar bacon for the table. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, uh, this to yeah. me seems the highest end of the steakhouses we've seen so far, right, Sean? Wouldn't you say that's fair? oh, absolutely. There's there's like it's there double eagle, like so. seventy six dollars <laughs> and. Yeah, filet medallions. Um, you can get a double they, eagle they, tasting menu, which is you get you a New York strip, a filet mignon, jumbo shrimp, a petite lobster tail, scallop, and salmon. Uh huh. But okay, that's choice of three. You pick three of those is sixty six dollars. So you know, if you want to try both the New York strip and the filet mignon and lobster, get yeah. ready. 
Um, they also have a cauliflower steak that's thirty dollars. <laughs> Man, and uh, I mean they, yeah. The the most expensive steak is one hundred and eleven dollars. It is a long bone ribeye, and it's thirty two ounces. Mm-hmm. So, so that's well, probably for sharing, but that's still a it's still an expensive cut of meat. This is one of those places that would not exist or would not be in business if if you couldn't like you know uh, write off business lunches and yes. business dinners. I mean, oh, this absolutely. is entirely yeah. a place for deal making, and and that's why the, well, everything is so ridiculously overpriced. Deal making or your your high class hooker while you're on a business trip, you'd also take them here. Um, and Sean, actually, that is not the most expensive thing on the menu. The most expensive oh. thing on the menu, you can actually get Japanese A5 Wagyu steak, which is $71 per three ounces. Oh, I misread that. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, that's... You know, uh, if you're getting 16 ounces, that's going to be... So my question, which NBA player is ordering Wagyu? I mean, that's just like a, you've got money to burn. Yeah. You know, you know you're you not worrying about anything. I, I hate to say mellow again, but that feels like right. some real mellow shit. Um, James Harden, I, I say, w- would think about it, but he doesn't actually care enough about food. You know, I could actually <laughs> see CJ McCollum ordering it, and then it's like six Instagram posts. Oh, yeah. He orders it to brag about. You're 100% right. That's the answer. The NBA's young Sheldon himself, CJ McCollum. Nouveau riche. (laughs) He's ordering the Wagyu, and he's pairing it with his own Pinot Noir that he brought in, paid the corkage fee um, so that he can have it with his dinner. But he only wants it so he can also take pictures of him reading a Malcolm Gladwell book while eating it <laughs> nothing like what nothing like wagyu steak and outliers for your uh night right. in <laughs> have you guys i mean like you you guys i assume have seen cj mccollum's vintage his his I have, yeah. uh, his portland <laughs> i'm so curious i'd like to try it i'd like to like i i, I it's like 50 dollars a bottle which is like uh, you know, LeBron, uh, weeknight bottle for one price, but it is like a, it, it's, it's, it's intriguing. Like, I'd like to try it and I'd just like to see what it's like. You know what, Nick? Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna spend $50 of our Patreon money and have you back. And you, I don't drink, but you and wow. Sean can drink. Uh, once quarantine is, once we can figure out a way to safely share a bottle of wine between the two of you. I'm in. <laughs> um, yeah, it stacks up versus uh, Dave Matthews Dreaming Tree Vineyard. <laughs> um, all right. Sean, anything else you stick out to you about Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse? No, it's, it's, uh... This is, I mean, it's over the yeah. top, but you, but it's absolutely an expensive count restaurant. This is, yeah, this is like straight up. Uh, I'm surprised there's not one of these in the Grove. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I think there is one in some awful mall in L.A., but I don't know which one it is. Maybe the. It's probably the Century City one, right? It might be the Century City one. There's a bunch of high end chain restaurants there. The Wagyu thing to me is staggering to me because it's just like if you're going to get Wagyu, like. If you're going to go to that, you're going to, like, have that once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like, don't go to a fucking chain restaurant. Right. Like, go to a place, go to, like, a Japanese steakhouse or, like, you know, uh, that's that's a thing you try on your, on your you know, trip to Japan if you ever go. 
I just can't imagine getting it from Del Frisco's, forking <laughs> over three hundred fifty dollars. Um, um, it's absolutely in the Century City Mall. Yeah, I knew wow, it. There you go. I'm so good yeah, at guessing in, where things are. The Westfield uh, <laughs> Century City, and that's the only one in LA. Um, okay, right. so this one is. This one's like less interesting to me. The ocean air provides the perfect setting to enjoy the freshest seafood flown in daily from around the world. Our knowledgeable staff will delight you with exceptional service, guiding you through the wide variety of items on our menu and helping you select the perfect wine to complement your meal. So LeBron, they will help you with your wine choices. Um, Sean, I Very have cool. I have news for you, though, about BiteSquad.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is actually Tillman Frutita's app. Uh, because the oh. ocean air also runs through Bite Squad when you hit on their to go uh, menu. Oh, uh, okay. so yeah, okay, well, it's very Tillman Fertitta to be like, uh, what about Bite Squad as a name? It's a squad. Yeah. We bring you bites. Bite Squad. <laughs> Ugh, that's awful. Um, this? so yeah, I would say this doesn't. There's this is like a, a chart house basically. Um, this, this feels like a suburban restaurant too. Like, like it's very basic. They've got shrimp and grits. It's like this there's is one though, burger on the menu. This is like this is your classic wharf restaurant, actually. Um, yeah, it's like it's nice like place- fish, nice quote unquote fish. I'm sure they brag about how it, the fish is fresh, but it's probably not. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. I will well, say like, something it's... that sticks out to me is they actually have escargot on the menu. That is weird. Which is but... very strange for a a uh, chain restaurant, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Got, I, yeah. I, I feel like that one might be one of those things that it's it's more present on the menu as a signal to everyone that this is like upscale dining. Yes, you know, absolutely. we have that fancy French dish. You're not actually going to order, but this. <laughs> This cues you to know you're getting your money's worth. They, uh, Fertitta also owns Landry's. Also owns McCormick and Schmicks, right? Yes, yes, yes they do. So he's got yes, a lot of does. seafood in his portfolio. That it's like it's like it's like mostly steakhouses and seafood restaurants, and then a handful of like gimmick restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Rainforest yeah, Cafe, Bubba Gum Shrimps. Right. Um, he's um he's also from. I'm not saying he is mobbed up, but he comes from a really mobbed, mobbed up, up family. He, I'm, I'm saying so, it. he's mobbed up. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so, yeah, there are a lot of, like, wharf businesses. And, I, you know, it, it, like, like for the, you know, the reason you have to have steak at every restaurant is you never know when uh, uh, a local one capo Tony might is come, gonna in. come in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, I, will I don't say, believe you can get escargot to go. Though. I will say I'm looking at the menu. To me, the best way to judge one of these restaurants, I'm not an expert like you, Nick, but is looking at their weird, the appetizers are where it's at, where you can really judge what an, what a restaurant is trying to be <laughs> based on the quote unquote appetizers and starters. And what I will say is... Uh, if you remember right, Morton's had a mustard mayonnaise aioli with their crab cakes. But the Ocean Air, their Chesapeake Bay style crab cakes, comes with creamy mustard mayonnaise. Mm. Oh yeah, so that's that's really better, right? The, yeah, this is, this is the working man's <laughs> crab cake. Yeah, exactly. Also, no lumps. 
There's no lumps in this crab right. cake. <laughs> but it's from, you know ahead. it's hometown, Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> um, and then finally, Sean, let's talk about it. Let's oh, get to the, Joe's Crab Shack. The Crab Shack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what stuck out about the Crab Shack for you, Sean? Well, for one, there are... This is the first menu that has a lot of... Uh, Photos, mm-hmm. um, which are surprisingly not as glamorous as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I refer you to the picture of the Joe's classic sampler. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm just used to the more touched up and like, gla- you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like the glamour yes. food shots. Yes. Yeah. There's, this does, there's no sweat on most this Most of the food does not look very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially the cocktails look aggressively gross. Uh-huh. Yep. The Corona Rita and the shark bite features uh, what looks like a shark vomiting into the drink. <laughs> it does. Jesus. Uh, I'm going uh, to got I'm gonna Hold on. Let me see if I can send uh, Nick a picture of the shark bite right now. <laughs> uh the the to what you're like, saying about the appetizer is as a an indicator of what you can expect from a chain restaurant. Definitely the case with the drink menu as well. Yes, because yeah. if a, a place that has a Corona Rita, that is like a you know okay, every uh, uh, dudes are getting rowdy. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, like that's like what they're going for. They're going <laughs> yeah. for like more of a, a a weekend warrior experience. Yeah, okay. So I've got the menu up now. The link you said. Yeah, the shark. But it really it's a blue <laughs> goblet. Uh, with red liquid pouring out of a plastic shark's mouth, and the shark is <laughs> hanging over the edge of the glass. It's—I I don't think that's appealing at all. I don't know. I, I guess what, what is it even supposed to be? Is it I supposed to be blood? Blood. It's got to be blood, right? That's uh, like the shark. Is the shark I ate guess? too much Alex Kittner and is throwing <laughs> it up into the drink? <laughs> there's, I any time that there's a uh, a bar that features cocktails with. Like three to four different kinds of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, you've got th- these names: the Shark Bite, the TKO Punch, mm-hmm. um, Category Five Hurricane. People are going to the Crab Shack to get fucked up. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Mason Jar, Bloody Mary, um, Exotic Mule. Like there are so many ingredients in all of these cocktails, and I yes. feel like it might give you adult onset diabetes mm-hmm. to have two. And and to be clear, people are also going to Del Frisco to get fucked up. It's yeah. just a different. Yeah. It's, it's just a different, a different level of social class. Up. Yeah. yeah, right. Um. So what I know here's my thing about uh, Joe's Crab Shack is I worked at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company on Pier 39, and uh-huh. which was actually on Pier 39. It was like the crown jewel of Pier 39 because it had like the best view. Uh. And Joe's Crab Shack was, like, two blocks down, like, outside of Fisherman's Wharf and Pier 39. And uh, Joe's Crab Shack at the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company was, like, a running joke about how it was Bubba Gump's but sucked. <laughs> and <laughs> managers would be like, if they, some managers, like, when they were mad at you, would be like, if you're going to act like this way, we can fire you right now and you can go down and work at fucking Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> wow! Now, now the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company did have an item on the menu called boat trash. Yeah, right? the bucket of boat yes. trash, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's like a joke where this food is actual trash, Sean. 
But yeah, because uh, and yeah. also because it wasn't on Pier 39, the servers would make way less money. So at the <laughs> bar, every once in a while, we would run into Joe's Crab Shack workers, and it would be like, we'll buy you a beer. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so I would just want to go, I want to go through a couple of these, um, just, just section headings on the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, their appetizers are called Shack Snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, then their their next, their salad and soup section is called Chopped and Soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got <laughs> surf and sand witches, uh-huh. uh, crab buckets. Uh, then they've got one that's called Who You Callin' Shrimp. Mm-hmm. That's shrimp, which it's like, I think they're like, look, some pretty aggro people are going to be coming in here. Uh, right. They're going to be drinking the the shark bites. They're going to be yelling about this. Uh, there's also What a Catch so f- and So fish- Fish-ticated. Mm-hmm. Not none of those uh, inspire a lot of confidence. You know my biggest problem with this menu. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, they call their mozzarella sticks mozzarella bricks. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why do they do that? I guess they're they're bigger. They're they're flatter. Arbitrary change. It, it makes it sound less appetizing. I bet they'd actually sell more if they changed it to sticks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Crab stuffed mushrooms sound gross. I'm looking at the menu now. They they also I I mean like the the great balls of fire. Did we touch on? We did not touch no, on that yet. Which I, is I, <laughs> which sounds similar to I forget which restaurant had the shrimp cream cheese item also. Uh, yes. but this is crab quote unquote crab cream cheese jalapenos seafood, <laughs> which. Crab is a seafood. Yeah. It implies uh, uh, they don't know what they're putting in there. <laughs> uh, also, right. it's referred to as scratch. Uh-huh. Which, like, like, try it. Don't, don't just tell me that this is what you do with your excess stuff that you can't sell individually. You know what I mean? No, the scratch made part means they're making it "quote unquote" from scratch. Oh, I didn't. Sean. I didn't catch the scratch. Okay, that oh, yeah. makes sense. But, but that's also the way a phrase. It does. Yeah, it does sound like the filling is. They're calling the filling scratch. Yeah, the yeah. way it's phrased. <laughs> so I get the confusion. I, it, just the cross pollination of menu items across the Fertitta properties is fascinating mm-hmm. to see how you'll just see upscale and, and downscale versions of uh, these, these various menu items and, and they're appearing on pretty much, I guess that speaks to if you're an NBA player who's quarantined, it, you're basically just ordering from five different versions of the same restaurant. Yes. That is and, what it seems yeah. like here for sure. Yeah. I will I will also say that um you know there's a small but significant portion of the NBA that is vegan. Mm-hmm. They they've got nothing. They're for six with these places. Yeah. It's like you you can just eat asparagus basically. <laughs> oh, even if you're even if you're vegetarian, even if you even if you eat, you know, dairy, it's like an eggs there, there's not a lot here. Yeah, like basically yeah. everything has fish or, or it has has fish or meat. It's yeah. it's just it's and in some uh, like cases, you got maybe three feel, options, which is especially yeah, right. upsetting for you. <laughs> I I honestly the only thing that seems vegetarian here is like you can get corn, potatoes, 
white rice, and seasonal vegetables. That's it. Uh, I bet yes. the hush oh, yeah. puppies are vegetarian. Just knowing oh, I what I know right. about these restaurants. <laughs> um, among the, okay, all, so the, all the entrees, you can get... Yeah, among the entrees, it looks like you can get pasta Alfredo mm -hmm. if you if you get that without a protein. That's yeah. probably okay, and that's what you want to load up on before you uh, uh, before playing an <laughs> NBA basketball game. A bunch of pasta Alfredo, it's like big creamy sauce. Yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, man, wow, this is. Uh, I would say the drink menu specifically reminds me of uh, a comedy club in Sunnyvale called Rooster Tea Feathers. Mm -hmm. Where you look and it it's like, well, God bless them, but it they, they make some strong things. There's a bunch of different things. I would say that TKO Punch is very similar to Rooster Juice, uh, <laughs> which they which is a popular item at Rooster Tea Feathers. All right. So we've gone through all the restaurants. Nick, give your advice to NBA players. In what order would you, the chain restaurant expert, order from these places? Can we recap the the properties real yes. quick? Just, yeah. just so there's Morton's, there's the Palm, there's Saltgrass Cowboy Steakhouse, uh, Del Frisco's Double Eagle, the Ocean uh -huh. Air, and Joe's Crab Shack. So, I, I, I first thing I'll say is. When I was I was doing some some peripheral research on Tillman Fertitta in advance of this record, and I did find one article that I just want to share the headline of. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is about Tillman. This is from uh, Forbes magazine. The world's richest restaurateur has a secret. It's not about the food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of your baseline. We've for read it. that on. We've read <laughs> that article on this podcast previously. Oh, we great. are America's leading Tillman Fertitta podcast. Weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry to retread that ground. No, but, not um, at all. Yeah, that, that really that really informs, I think, what you're what you can expect from his uh, from the various Landry's restaurants. <laughs> I, I would say that that a big a big deciding factor for me is is the team paying for it or is it coming out of my pocket? I think it's coming out of your pocket, but also you're an NBA player. Right. So it's all so it's all relative. Um, In fact, but let's I pick would, a mid tier NBA player. You're like a. Uh, Mid, you're on the mid level. You're a, uh, you know, you're you're a rage. You're a Marcus Morris, let's say. And you can right. you can write every penny of it off, too, yeah, <laughs> because right. you're on the road. Um, I, I think that I would probably of the offerings going through the menus, I would lean towards the what seems like the blandest offering which is which is ocean air yeah i think that that's probably the place that's most likely to just have something very straightforward that's not gonna make you sick mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of this i think all the steakhouses the issue is that they have just everything's going to be so caloric and so heavy uh and um and Joe's Crab Shack, I mean, it's just like it's it it is it, it laid to your point. It is just like kind of of, of a shittier Bubba Gump. It's mm -hmm. Bubba Gump without the theming. I, I can't mm -hmm. imagine ever getting to go food from a Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> so I, I think I think Ocean Air is maybe the 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 one I'd go with. I like. I it. think I I like the Ocean Air the best too because it just seems like it's less overwhelming and it's more like having a normal meal that yeah. is yeah. everything else is like a graduation a birthday <laughs> party uh like like you hit it up before you go to a terrible strip club 
you know? Right. Just, yeah. Um, all right. And which oh, one would oh, you I, least likely to, I, would, would you least recommend yeah. to order from? Is it Crab Shack, Nick? I mean, it might be Crab Shack, but to pick another one, I think I, I just, I, having been to both uh, Morton's and the Palm, um, I, I think that I prefer Morton's to the Palm. And so I think I don't, I, I think the Palm would just be like, you know, it, it's, it's just pricey. It's just super, super duper expensive and the food's not particularly noteworthy. So I, I as a to go experience, yeah, I think I'd probably rule that one out. All right, and then finally, my last question for you. Actually, I'm going to have two more questions, but second to last question about restaurants. If you were going to defy quarantine and secretly order to-go food from any chain restaurant, which one yeah, would Rishon it be? Yeah, Rishon Holmes style. Yeah, Rishon Holmes style. Got it. I'm straying from campus, or I'm I'm paying someone to Postmates yeah, me something, post-mate, and I know I'm postmating. You're you're getting Postmates to go food from any Orlando area chain restaurant. Okay, which one so are you if, risking if we're limited, it all for? <laughs> if we're limited to the Orlando area, I might have to. You know, I, I I I'm a little unaware of everything that they've got there, but I assume there is probably a Houston's. There's probably mm. a Hillstone somewhere in also Orlando. Also a Tillman Fertitta property. Very strange that that's those are not no. There. Yeah, those are no. Tillman Fertitta properties. Yes, they are. Mm. Boy, I have never that. This is the first I've heard of that, and I am a big Hillstone fan. I'll have to do some digging on this. Uh, <laughs> but I, I not not that I'm not that I'm doubting you, but I'm just like I'm I'm startled to, to learn this uh, because Hillstone usually has a very high high level of quality throughout. Mm-hmm. They have done some. Like that that said, they have done some shitty things during quarantine, like, you know, forcing their workers back to work without masks in mm-hmm. some in some areas uh, that is consistent with what I knew of for Tita. So I guess it's possible. I would say that. But I do like Hillstone a lot. I do like Houston's a lot. I And I think that would be the one that I would say is is worth the possible uh, additional quarantine penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I also like Houston's, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd take it over any of these, other, any of the restaurants we talked about today. Uh, you know what? I yeah. lied. Uh, it's not, Hillstone is not part of Landry's. I think he was trying to buy it, maybe. That's how I got confused. Um, but you're got correct. It. That is also, that's a good choice for sure. All right, and my final question, guys. Is Tillman Fertitta a worse NBA owner or restaurateur? Um... I think NBA owner. I, I mean, like I his, think like you're yeah, right. his, his, his restaurants kind of sh- are generally kind of shitty, but they certainly have a, 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 you know, broad appeal, um, to certain, you know, uh, to, to, to certain people. So I, I would, I think that he's, ha- I think just as an owner, like the fact that he's being at all, uh, cheap is just absurd to mm-hmm. me. Like, why own an NBA team if you're not going to just spend to win? I don't understand it. I don't understand hamstringing your GM uh, with all these financial restrictions. So I, I just, I feel, I like, he is low-key one of the worst owners in sports. I'm sure you guys have covered it on the podcast. But I think he gets forgotten because there's so many other, like, just shittier owners. Mm-hmm. But he's uh-huh. in the bottom tier. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's easily... He's, like, not of the good teams. I think he's the worst owner. 
Yeah, he's not as like outright evil as the DeVos family, but I think he might be the worst at being an NBA owner mm-hmm. of anybody. Right. Like there's worse teams, but for a team that was in such good shape, running many, many people out of town. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that seems like a really bad move. You could see like like the Robert Sarver arc, like, you know, taking yeah. over the Suns at kind of their the peak of their powers and then just kind of slowly grinding that franchise into dust. I, I could I would not be surprised if the Rockets in 10 to 15 years look like, you know, the Phoenix Suns yeah. did over the past decade. He's like anti Balmer. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's the yin to Balmer's yang. Um, <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. Uh, once again, once we figure out how to socially distance CJ McCollum's wine, <laughs> we'll have you back on. Um, I'm eager to try it. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you know, check out Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants hosted by me and Mike Mitchell. And check out How Did This Get Played, where we play the worst and weirdest video games of all time. That is hosted by me, Heather Ann Campbell, and Matt Apodaca. Uh, new episodes of How Did This Get Played on Monday. New episodes of Doughboys on Tuesday. Thanks for having me, guys. This is such a treat. Of course. Thanks, Nick. Oh, Anytime you want to talk basketball, we'll have you on. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's all the time. Oh, great. Well, you let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Sean, anything you want to plug? Um. Uh. You, oh, yeah. You can see there's an episode of... Uh, my my kind of secret music podcast, Harem About Sex and Lord of the Rings. Uh, the newest episode features my co-host Richie Molyneux and his sister, Lizzie Molyneux, who uh, is a, a writer and songwriter for uh, Bob's Burgers on Fox. So oh, check great. that out. Um, and then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where on July 20th, I tweeted, I just had to come on Twitter to say that I hate Twitter. Um, just a very classic Frankie Muniz classic tweet. Classic Frankie. He's got another one about going on the internet to say he, he, he hates the internet. Yeah. He didn't throw in as much profanity as normal, but um, it's more of a family act now. And then again, if you want to play Apex Legends on Xbox Live, I'm at your boy Guy Fieri. That is U-R-B-O-Y Guy Fieri. Um, I'm always looking for people to play Apex Legends with. (laughs) I mean, the NBA coming back kept us from turning into a full-time Apex Legends Um, podcast. Buy a a, uh, t-shirt, subscribe to the the Patreon. We got a lot of good stuff. Uh, Mm. There's a blog coming that I'm not going to tell you listeners about more, but in the future, we're going to have a straight-up round ball rock blog. Um, Okay. Trust the process. Oh, I have I have a song. Oh, oh sorry, I forgot. Sean, did you sorry. do you have a song? I do. Um, it's a Beatles song about Dwight Howard. It's called Anti Vax Man. Great. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's all go to Del Frisco's Double Eagle <laughs> Steakhouse, the greatest restaurant in the world. I was paid by Tillman Fertitta to say that. We got Landry's gift cards. <laughs> Twice walking round with no mask on While he's retweeting QAnon He's anti-vax man 
Yeah, he's anti-vax man. COVID vaccine he will avoid. He'll only inject a steroid. He's anti-vax man. Yeah, he don't like vax man. If there's a vaccine, he won't take part. If candy's on sale, it's in his car. If he infects AD, he just might start. If he's on the mic, he's going to fart. anti-vax man yeah this dude is whack man don't ask him how a virus spreads uh-huh, he's a or about teenage girls in his bed like that only happened once he's anti-vax man stole his nickname from Shaq so my advice for friends of Dwight Make sure you keep your nose shut tight He's anti-vax man Still got a bad back man And we go on, we go all to the more Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.